0: Welcome to A Magical World with me, Sterling Moon. I'm a diviner, a medium, a folk magician, an author, and an educator on the mystical and strange with a background in advocacy and activism. Join me as I highlight inspiring people who are making this world a more magical place to be. I'm so glad you're here. And if you like what you hear, please consider supporting the podcast through my Patreon, The Curiosity Coven. You can find out more at Patreon.com backslash Sterling Moon. Now, let's dive in. Well, hey everybody! I hope your November is starting off really, really well. I cannot tell a lie. I'm tired. I am still recovering from October. I had to take a really objective look at my calendar uh, for last month, just trying to figure out why in the world am I, am I just still so tired, like a week into November? And I just decided to give myself a grace, a bit of grace, because holy smokes, it was busy. But even though I'm still pooped, I'm just unbelievably grateful. So if you are listening and you happen to come in and sit with me for a reading, or you went through one of my programs or took a class with me, I am just, I'm just so grateful. This, uh, you know, I I can't tell a lie. This, This type of work that I found myself in, this line of work, it is not always easy. You know, it is working for yourself has a lot of uncertainty. Uh, there, There is no such thing as like paid time off anymore. You know, sick time is just you kind of have to accept that that is just looks a lot different than when you have like a nine to five job like I did for 20 years. But at the same time, man, I am so grateful to do this work. I, you know, I say all the time, I have no idea where this work is taking me, how long I'm going to do it. Well, no, I know how long I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for as long as it makes sense. Um, But just for right now, even though I'm pooped beyond measure, I am also unbelievably grateful so thank you thank you all oh and a particular shout out to esther if you happen to be listening thanks for coming to tarot 101 you definitely traveled the farthest for that class and i i am so incredibly grateful all right so a few quick announcements before we get to the main show which is my interview with the incredibly smart super cool naomi sangreal uh I would just want to give you a few heads up about like how I'm going to be closing out the year. So after I'm out of spooky season, I start switching gears to something that I look forward to all year, which is my online holiday shop update. So because I am a folk magician, and this is very much the way that I live my life, I use this as an opportunity to make extra of the stuff that I love to use in my own home, um, in my own, my own practices, the things that I make for friends and family. And it's just really fun to make a bunch, to be able to put up in the shop to share with, with you all. So on November 17th, that is going to be the day that I update my, my, my holiday shop. I call it like my online holiday pop-up. And so in that shop update, I'm going to be having all kinds of things. Like I have my, um, I have a certain kind of weird passion project, which I call them the charm darlings. maybe I'll talk about the charm darlings a little bit more in the next episode, but they are basically uh, discarded and neglected dolls and knickknacks that I give a second chance through magical, uh, yeah, magic and it's ba- they're basically a thought experiment of can you turn something an object like a doll into a magical charm and if you focus your energy enough on that magical charm can you indeed make that object resemble a haunted object a haunted doll basically can you make a haunted doll but in a cute way that's essentially what the charm darlings are so there'll be some of those um you will have the option of either having me charm them or I will even be offering a way for you to have all the materials so you can charm that darling yourself. My life is very weird, but people seem to support, people keep supporting me in my weirdness. So if I, I don't know what to tell you. It's just going to keep getting worse from here. But I also have some lovely uh, pendulums that I've been making, some pendulum boards that are really cool. I'm going to have different kinds of floor washes, incense, cleansing baths all kinds of stuff. So, oh, and then th- this part might come a little later because um, it's going to be coming from my mom and she's going to be, you don't need to know all the details, but there'll also be some stuffed chupacabras that are made by my mother and my stepfather. Uh, yes, my my mother did actually design a, a stuffed animal chupacabra. They're adorable. Uh, she's bringing some Christmas ornaments with her uh, with her art. So there's It's kind of turning into like a moon family affair. It's going to be real cute. But again, the main shop update will be on uh, November 17th. If you are a member of the Patreon, you will be getting access a few hours early to do your shopping. Um, So yeah, I would love it if you if you took a look around and if there was something that ca- caught your caught your eye would love your would love your support and i'd love to be able to send you some of the stuff that i enjoy making all right but let's go ahead and head on into the main interview with the wonderful naomi also known as psyche's dream witch on instagram one bit of a heads up towards the end of the end of the interview we start talking about the nitty-gritty of what shadow work is And it's kind of, it has some dark moments. So we do, as an example, Naomi gives some reference points to um, some aspects of like, you know, some violent ideations. So I just want to give you a heads up that her description, their description of what shadow work is, is very raw and real. And it's not the fluffy bunny stuff that you often see on Instagram. So just make sure that maybe you're in a good headspace to hear those conversations if that's something that's sensitive for you. Um, but other than that, I am so grateful that you're here. And I really, really hope that you enjoy this conversation with the wonderful Naomi Sangreal, Psyche Dream Witch. Enjoy. Well, hi, Naomi. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Sterling? (laughs) I'm good. I'm so excited to be chatting with you on the day of someone very important to you is having a birthday today. Who is it that's having a birthday?
1: My little baby book uh, was born into the world today. So we are celebrating uh, their birth. And I know you know what that feels like. So I I appreciate you holding space and being with me during this wild moment.
0: (laughs) It's so, well, and it's such a, so we're going to, we're jumping ahead, everybody who's listened to these episodes before. Like normally there's a very, like, there's a formula of how we start off, but we're jumping into something juicy because it's a special day. Naomi wrote a book called Little Hidden Doors, right? And yeah, today is the day that her book is officially published out in the world and you're going to be able to buy it and enjoy it and use it. when my book came out, I bought, my book flowers and birthday balloons (laughs) (laughs) so silky that's a beautiful ritual and the gestation process for a published book is even longer than that of like I think it's comparable to elephant gestation if I'm correct (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) <laughs> but well, let's go ahead and backtrack. So, my I always like to start off with my experience of how I know whoever it is that I'm interviewing, and you are somebody that I give. A lot of gratitude too because I had the opportunity to know you through our shared experience of being house readers. Although you're more like the house psychotherapist of Ritual Craft. And um, when my 20-year career of being in victim advocacy was in its death rattles, and I realized I just couldn't do this anymore, but was freaking out, not really sure what I could do. Naomi says, Hey, could I talk to you? And within hours of me putting out like, Hey, I th- I'm thinking about taking my magical business full time. I had a plan in place to share an office with this lovely human. And then a few months later, you're like, do you want to take on the lease? And I was like, heck yeah, I do. So thank you. I have so much gratitude for you for showing up in that moment. Um, but in addition to being just a great friend and a rad human being, Naomi is a psychotherapist who is doing incredible work to destigmatize mental health, particularly for witches and other magical people. They are a wealth of information about the importance of dreams in our lives. Every once in a while, they get a little spicy about, uh, something called Shadow Work, which we might touch on. (laughs) And they are a prolific meme generator on Instagram and just a wonderful human being. So that has been my experience of knowing you. How would you introduce yourself to people who maybe are just meeting you for the first time through this podcast?
1: Well, thank you for such a lovely and thorough introduction. (laughs) Um, I am Naomi Sangreal. I am a human being, a sister, a creative, a friend, a magical psychotherapist, artist, multidisciplinary creator of all types. Um, I appreciate that sort of foundation that you just laid because I I feel so indebted to you. And I think that our relationship from its inception has been mutual. And we have a lot of common threads in our lives that are sort Mm of um, ran parallel, if not crossing. Right. And so you really supported me during my getting my internship and working with survivor, adult survivors of childhood sexual abuse. And, you know, that led to a lot of my deep study and uh, depth of my experience, my first experiences as a psychotherapist, and I feel so grateful to you. So I'm glad that we we have this shared space of virtual craft, and that we have been able to converge in both the magical and mental health sort of
0: yeah. worlds right? I, I completely forgot about the internship overlap. I, I, the place, the nonprofit that I worked at had a really cool victim services internship program that was trying to get good people who could get this internship experience and in working with survivors and victims of crime. And then hopefully they'd get hired or stay in the field. And yeah, I completely forgot about that. Also, we've known each other for a long time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was all you, you, I was like, Sterling's magic. <laughs>
0: Um, Well, uh, well, you take it, you took it from there for sure. So, gosh, I, well, one, this is a little bit of a sidebar. Um, My next interview that will be coming out about a couple weeks after yours, I'm interviewing Connor. All and right. I'm reading Connor. So Connor is the next interview is going to be with a wonderful human and magician and poet. And I'm reading Connor's book. And I had no idea that you did the you did all the artwork for the cup co- for the cover. So you yes. paint? that's all painting,
1: correct? No, that's a that's a collage. So that's I do, digital. Okay. I, no, it's not digital. It's oh. anal. It's analog. It's an analog collage. So I mostly oh. work in analog collage, some digital collage and oil painting those are my fave mediums. And yes, Connor is a longtime friend, colleague, um, and mystical entrepreneur. So I am looking forward to, ex- to experiencing your conversation with them.
0: Oh, that's so fun. Well, I feel like talking about your art is a good delve into also talking about the book and I want to hear all about it. So tell us about your, what, what do you, what do we need to know about your book? Well, it is called
1: Little Hidden Doors, a guided journal for deep dreamers, and it should be available in major bookstores from here on out. So if you're interested, it is an interactive journal that has space for recording your own dreams, prompts for working with and through dreams. There are also creative art arts um, prompts for you to use as well my thesis in undergraduate and graduate school was about sort of the intersection between artwork and dreams. Mm. And in my experience, artwork has this magical quality of sublimating and externalizing these vivid visual inner worlds in a way that allows us to interact with them consciously, as well as impacts the collective psyche. So I think it is super meaningful to be able to connect with dreams through art. And that's my main little niche mm-hmm. area that I get really, really excited about. I decided to make this journal because I was inspired by those Klutz books. I don't know if you ever had one no. of those as a, as a kid. What are um, they? In the early 90s, there were these books that were interactive books that usually came with like a little zip-locked plastic bag full of things that you would use in whatever the the endeavor was like build your own this or create your own this and so they'd kind of like walk you through history and depth of understanding and then you'd have like a little project and so I thought oh that would be so cool to do for for dreams for creating art out of dreams and my initial prototype included um, art supplies, and I'm still hoping to get that in some way, somehow in the future. But mm. this this iter- this iteration is is just sort of psychoeducation, and then also space to write and work through dreams. It it doesn't have
0: any art supplies yet. Well, that yeah. is a okay. That'll be like the that'll be like the collector's edition, which will be so yes. rad. Yeah. Well, and I haven't gotten my hands on your book yet. But the thing that I still have by my bedside was the zine that the dream zine that you wrote that was like the precursor, probably like the little like yes. baby edition, the cliff notes to this. God, yes. that was probably what, like four years ago that you wrote that three, four years ago? Yeah. yeah who knows? I don't act- <laughs> <laughs> who knows? It was a while ago. But I love that thing. One, it's um it was just pretty i loved your artwork but also i remember there's this one line that still saves my butt where i'll wake up in the morning and i'll just start going like i'll grab my phone i'll i'll go get some coffee and then my dreams will just zip out of my head but i've gotten so much better because i remember the prompt that you put in there that says ask yourself like where what where was i just now when you first yes. wake up and yes. that that has been so helpful and i have to tell you that's one of the reasons i remember I am not a person who, I don't think I have like prophetic dreams or dreams that seem to give a little bit of a nod to something that's going to happen in the future, but I do have a, a dream. I had a dream six months before you invited me to share that office with you, where of all, so if you've ever been to Ritual Craft, you know that it's in a very aesthetically gorgeous place. And the office that Naomi and I originally shared, which is now my office, it has maroon walls that you will not find in any other room in that shop. And I remember having this incredibly vivid dream where I was there and I was in that room and I felt it was very cozy. I felt like this space was mine. I remember feeling so comfortable that I wanted to take a nap, but I, and I remember having this moment of thinking, Zach, who's like the, house, the, the manager, I was like, Zach wouldn't want me to take a nap, nap in here. But I remember thinking, I get to do that in this space. And I remember I woke up and that dream was so vivid and weird that I remember asking myself, you know, where was I just now? And so it got seared into my brain. And then six months later, I think it was maybe like the second or t- third time I was seeing clients in our shared office when all of a sudden I went cold where I was like, that was a dream about this. It's a cozy space. I get to be here. If I wanted to take a nap, Zach couldn't get mad at me about it. It was, <laughs> it, it was really wild. But anyway, so thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I would say that, yeah, that's a, a perspective, if not prophetic dream, right? The dream space has access to many timelines, past, present, and future, but it doesn't speak the same sort of logical or rational language that we are so indoctrinated with and used to so often it will pull small little nods or symbols out that kind of create a memorable image or feeling and that's what you felt you felt cozy you saw the red the maroon walls right I felt like that space was very dreamy and womb-like in in that in that way so very conducive for kind of doing the work that we do Um, but yeah I would definitely say that 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 they're I'm sure you have some prophetic dreams
0: (laughs) they you know if I probably maybe I forget more of them than I remember but it's funny because when you're saying the way that like the psyche will pull out like bits and pieces and it's kind of like playing Pictionary or almost like charades with your subconscious spirit communication works in such a, a similar fashion and um and it's really interesting when the two collide I don't have many dream visitations from spirits, although some people will kind of go back and forth of like, is it just the dream? Is it the spirit actually coming coming in? I'm like, probably, sometimes it's probably one, sometimes it's another, maybe it's both, you know, half the mm-hmm. time, but um, yeah, that's, that's interesting the way that those two have some overlaps there.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're both going into the irrational and away from the rational. And I think that that's its own language and you've spent- when you spend a lot of time studying that you're, you're tuned in to those impressions, right. That you're receiving in a different way. And it's your job to be the, the conduit the channel, the interpreter. And that's, can be a lot of responsibility sometimes.
0: Yeah, that's true. That is true. So what do you think is so important about our dreams? And like, why do you think it's important to like, what it, what can documenting or unpacking our dreams do for us as people? Well, that's a
1: very big question. It is, sorry. I'll do we... my best. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So
1: from a psychological perspective, they are the only time regularly that we are in a non-ordi- non-ordinary state of consciousness and that our ego is offline and we are directly facing our unconscious. So, you know, through hypnosis, through trance, through other means we we can sort of get closer to the unconscious much of the time we're more in like theta state or in the uh, subconscious kind of like almost pre-conscious like it's almost about to come through but it's it's just underneath the surface dreams are like hey here's the stuff that you literally cannot look at if you want to and i'm gonna just throw that at you with absolutely no no regard for your ego's thoughts or feelings. <laughs> um, and so oftentimes it can be it can be brutal. It can also be illuminating in that dreams offer us these deep treasures that we may have no other way of accessing. So I encourage people to start dream practices because there are, unless you're on psychotropic medication that suppresses your ability to go into REM, you have, every person has four to six dreams every single night and that is a lot of material a lot of like experience that you're having that we just in this sort of western wake-centric culture write off as meaningless and if we kind of recenter ourselves to orient toward dream consciousness as just as valid of a state we we can become more engaged in that material that then helps us integrate deep, deep parts of our psyche, deep parts of the collective psyche, and even beyond, you know, cross-culturally, almost all traditions have dream practices, and it's valued in some way, if not even more than waking consciousness. As direct messages from the divine, there are some practices where you can go through the deep psyche into, um, what is it called? Not um oh I forget but you can go through into sort of a black space and then travel through time mm-hmm. and find deities gurus fo- just folks from all timelines to interact with and then bring back vestiges of information into the current space and time for for collective liberation for collective movement for new ideas that expand our ability to imagine a better future um, and break breaking molds and breaking chains so there's so much information accessible to us just through that little sleep portal and we all sleep like so if you're not (laughs) if you're sleeping you might as well be doing some cool stuff
0: oh my gosh this is so neat Everybody, go and buy Naomi's book. This is going to be so cool. I can't wait to I can't wait to get started. Personally, I'm like if i've If I've managed to like still you you use the zine from all those years ago, I can only imagine what's going to happen with like your beautiful book that you also did. How many pieces of original artwork did you do for that book?
1: I did. I think sixteen. Pieces of original
0: artwork for the book. Oh my gosh, it's going to be so, it spe- is so special. Happy birthday, little <laughs> hidden doors, you little baby. And <laughs> sorry, that's, we get, we get a little sentimental about our, our, our book children. <laughs> but, well, another one of your big passions is demystifying, destigmatizing mental health particularly well I don't know if it's particularly for magical people and like witches but it definitely seems like that has been the 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 niche of people who gravitate towards you and you know and I will also say I've I've been pretty honest about this experience on this podcast in the past but you know when I kind of had my spiritual I don't even want to call it an awakening because it was more like a tower moment just uh, <laughs> everything crashing down I was a brand new parent And um, yeah, like have like hadn't wasn't sleeping, had this little newborn who I loved, but who just cried a lot and didn't like to sleep and then suddenly I'm also having these experiences of like I'm seeing these shadows out of the corner of my eye and I'm starting to like hear what feel like they are thoughts from other people and stuff is moving in my house and um and having that moment of like having to unpack am I literally like losing it um either for like am I having like a mental health break or um is this due to like you know postpartum stuff or lack you know extreme exhaustion maybe a little bit of everything. Or am I also having a more like a significant dialing up of my psychic and mediumship gifts? And in some ways I can say now that it was all of the above, but a lot of it was the the psychic and mediumship gifts. But a huge thing that kept me from reaching out to anyone for help in unpacking that was because all I could think was women like me in the past um, could find themselves getting their children taken away. (laughs) And, you know, it's not that long ago that people that do what I do have been institutionalized. Right. And like had their kids taken away and things like that. And so, um, years later, turns out I'm a medium. Hello, I'm Sterling. I'm a psychic medium. (laughs) (laughs) My, my child still doesn't like to sleep, but it turns out I'm, I'm okay mentally. Um, so I am like I have just such a huge passion for what it is that you're doing because I can only think of how it would have felt if I'd had somebody I mean I cuz I assume that I someone like me would have been welcome in your seat.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I think that the modern matrix of mental health, the mm-hmm. system of mental health is uh, extremely problematic. And mm-hmm. my personal goal is to be able to go outside the box to create an accessible space for mm-hmm. folks that have non-ordinary experiences. And yes, sometimes it it can be like, oh, this person is close to a psychotic break or mm-hmm. a, uh, you know, a spiritual Psychosic, psychosis or spiritual emergency, or there's all these sort of intersections and being able to yeah. um, look at that clinically and also magically, I think is incredibly important because those people deserve safety and care. And so when they're destigmatized and they're put through the mental health system, it can be extremely abusive and it can be harmful and not helpful for for whatever they're experiencing. And I noticed that a lot of people or folks with mental health issues, sometimes, you know, they are due to real magical events happening in their life, and sometimes they are due to generational trauma, early childhood abuse, mm-hmm. um, and these these other factors. So being able to sift through the, com- the complexities of, of a human's experience and Work with them, not against them to kind of parse out what's what is happening for you and to be able to notice, oh, this is this is something else or this is these are this is a spiritual way of relating to life. And this person Mm -hmm. is of sound mind. Right. And what I noticed is that there were Christian counselors, people can call themselves that that's available for people who want a space. Safe space to mentally um, and emotionally explore with somebody who aligns with their uh, religious values, and I think that witches deserve that as well. And I'm not going. I'm not there to project my cosmological or spiritual beliefs on my client. I'm there to lead them back to their own magic, lead them back to their their experience, but to be able to hold whatever that is, and that can be different than me, but but, but them knowing that, oh, my therapist believes in magic can be so liberating.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I, well, I think that, you know, there's such an overlap. I feel between because sometimes people will go to see their tarot reader or go to see their medium when maybe the next logical step is maybe going to see a, a kind and open-minded therapist. And so, um, and I'm sure sometimes maybe you know sometimes it can kind of go both ways. <laughs> but um, I'm I'm continually grateful for you and the therapist that I you know I've seen for for quite some time. Uh, Janelle Durstein. It's just knowing that there are therapists out there that do believe in abilities. And um it's it's nice to be able to say, so here's what we've what we've covered in our session today. And if you are interested in unpacking some of the other stuff we've talked about, here is like my friend Naomi's contact information and they're open to this stuff. Like, I can't even tell you how many people just their eyes light up when they're like, there's therapists that that believe like they aren't going to judge me for going to like, you know, get my tarot cards read or judge me for thinking that, yeah, you know, maybe I do need to unpack this trauma, but also like, I genuinely believe that I'm having these like, profound experiences with like an archangel you know, or something like that it's like yeah, yeah. these two things can exist mm-hmm. and there are so many
1: of us now but there aren't a lot of people that are out of the broom closet or there aren't a lot of places that people can access those therapists so I'm hoping to co-create some kind of database for resources for folks uh, so that they have the the ability to find somebody that aligns with their experiences because i think that everybody deserves that type of safe relationship
0: yeah well just because i know that there are going to be people who want to know this and i don't want them to i mean still listen to the interview till the very end but just because i don't want anybody who who has this question on the tip of their tongue to like have to wait are you taking new clients and how do people book with you
1: so currently my books are full i may have spots for one or two new people coming in 2024. Um, Generally, you can get on my wait list, which is through my website, magicalpsychotherapy.com. And if you are a Colorado resident, we will move forward in having a discussion about what it looks like. Um, I do have a very specific container that I set with clients, which is sort of non-negotiable, which is I'm ready and willing to change and I'm open to, to depth work, which is a a commitment of either biweekly, but ideally weekly therapy, which is Mm. a massive commitment for people. Um, I will, after I obtain licensure, I'm pre-licensed at the moment, uh, apply for um, Medicaid. So then I will be able to accept Medicaid, which hopefully will be in, I'm going to say June of 2024. Um, So that will make my work a lot more accessible to folks that don't uh, have as much resources. I also do offer one-off dream work services and intuitive guidance, which is a more kind of free form, spiritual um, and emotional support kind of space that isn't the same deep type of container that I offer in psychotherapy. And I do offer uh, pretty fun Oracle card readings through ritual craft. And I usually open my books maybe once a month for those. So if you're like, Oh, I want to share space and yeah. I want to, to check it out. Those are, are great places to access uh, that with me.
0: Oh my gosh. That's so fun. I love that you, I love that. That's still something that people can like book with you. Cause that's really, that's also the fun. I bet that's kind of fun for you too
1: oh, it's so much fun. And it's really, <laughs> really great to just have that um, that little bubble. Yeah. And I often, I often find like I've read for people that they come back years later and they're like, will you be my therapist? Like that reading changed my life and I want to work with you. So it's a really great way for people to kind of sense my presence and if we would be a good fit as well, because uh, that's really the most important part is the relationship and the way that somebody feels in their body. And, you know, if they feel connected to me, if that's not there, the work's not going to work.
0: Totally. Absolutely. So you, and maybe this is just like kind of a. I'm maybe I'm putting more, maybe I'm attributing meaning to something that doesn't is just like kind of a basic turn of phrase, but what's depth work? Is that just like, kind of, is that like an actual thing or does that, mm-hmm. what is depth work?
1: So it just comes from depth psychology, which is an overarching term that is the psychology of including the unconscious. So many types of psychological theories and counseling theories do not actually include the unconscious at all. They are just talking about conscious thoughts and behaviors. And so depth psychology is always including the unconscious, which means including dreams and including the shadow and including these parts of our own awareness and the collective that we are not so aware of. And for me, that's incredibly important because I think the uh, sort of ubiquitous citation that floats around is 95% of our behavior, 95% of our experience is unconscious. So we are using such small parts of our brain. (laughs) There's a lot of unknown and mysterious territory So to not include that to me just feels
0: not okay. It's not, yeah. (laughs) I know that this is a massive question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. (laughs) Like, what are some of the ways that you bring the unconscious into the conscious? Like, how do you, like, what are the tools and modalities? I mean, this is like the 50,000 foot view. And if this is like an impossible question, you can let me know, but I'm I'm a very literal person and so I'm kind of like scratching my head over here.
1: Yeah, I think dreams are a great way because okay,
0: dreams, okay. You're yeah.
1: you're directly facing the unconscious, so you bring in these, you know, weird images or experiences and go, "Huh, okay, what's that about? There's something going on underneath the surface of my awareness." And with clients, it's pretty fun because I have some amazing clients that are just the most I, I can't even brilliant They're neurodivergent I work with astrologists I work with magical mothers I work with some really creative genius type people and they are like me in the sense that we love to know what we don't know and so you know and that could be my own projection but I think that this is something that's shared that we've discussed before right and so there's this feeling of when something is Right outside of our periphery and you all can't see, but I'm, I'm doing a little finger motion in outside of my peripheral view. So it's almost like there's this energy that's like tickling our consciousness that's like right there, but we can't see it. And when you're in a container with hopefully a loving and skilled clinician, they can say, huh, what is that little thing over there? That's kind of Mm -hmm. slightly tickling your psyche. And we can together, regulate and sort and and start to pull it into focus. And once that happens, it can be, there's a really wide range of, of reactions. And a lot of them are like painful because it can be really challenging. But it can also be really exciting. Like holy shit, I had no idea this has been with me this entire time. And then they start to connect the dots and we're pulling together threads and weeping, weaving a beautiful tapestry of of their their psychic experience, so that's that's kind of I don't know if that answers your question fully, but oh,
0: I'm, it's enough where I'm picking up what you're laying down, and you're like also literally speaking my language, like yep, I <laughs> I get it, and I love it. Now the other big question that I I. I don't because again, I'm a very literal person. Like, for so somebody who spends a lot of time, like, as I was saying, talking with spirits who like to speak in metaphors and you kind of have to play Pictionary. I am one of the, I probably shouldn't be sharing this, but I'm like the, one of the most linear, gullible people in the world because I, uh, yeah, I just am. Um, and I am so confused by the term shadow work. And because I see a lot of, you know, I have an Instagram based business still, much to my chagrin, even though I'm, you know, please go to my website. If you are looking into the things that I'm doing, I'm trying to spend less time. What well, and, and thank you for being here, listening to this. Cause that means you're not, you know, you're listening to this instead of, uh, you know, going to Instagram, but I see so much stuff about shadow work and half the time it conflicts and it doesn't, what the hell is shadow work and why should we be doing it? And what isn't shadow work?
1: I'm not the, you know, <laughs> official, uh,
0: <laughs> king of shadow work uh expert no no you are a psych you're like you actually like are a psychotherapist you yeah you know, yeah so and I feel I, like you do have a little bit more street cred than some of the other folks I see I see talking yeah. about this
1: well I appreciate that reflection and I just want to name that my specific use of that term is steeped in Jungian psychology and that other cultures traditions spiritual paths have used shadow realm shadow work shadow space underworld you know there's all of these kinds of words that have been all conflated I Mm -hmm. think through the hashtag potentially Um, (laughs) and I think that that's where things get really diluted and messy and confusing from my perspective the shadow at at times has been described to be all of the unconscious. So it's essentially what is unknown to our conscious mind. The shadow from that perspective, then kind of takes on this even um, more deeply rejected space. So if you think about in Jungian psychology, we talk about complexes, you may have heard of like an inferiority complex, Mm -hmm. or these types of energy that get really uh, balled up in our psyche, really constricted, and really well um what's the right word like reified like there there's all of these networks in our in our experience that sort of support these balls of energy that are complexes um and i'm a super visual person so i tend to speak in in symbol, symbols and metaphors but the shadow is like a really tight ball of complex energy that contains all of these disavowed and untenable parts of our psychic experience and so they are what is ego alien so if you think about the ego as your sense of I Mm -hmm. not necessarily this like horrible um psychic structure but just your sense of I the part that you orient in and toward of this is me, this is what I do. um, It's going to be whatever is opposite that for the most part. Mm -hmm. And so that's really, really challenging for people to work with and to integrate. And it's not necessarily those parts that you secretly know that you want to embrace, but you just won't let yourself, Mm -hmm. which is kind of what I've seen it, how I've seen it come up in popular media is like, oh, this, this shadow work gives me an excuse to sort of like reveal all of these things that I've secretly desired. And in reality, the shadow is more like potentially as a new postpartum mother, the part of you that wants to kill your own child. Like, you know, it's, it's these really deep, um, dangerous parts of the human psyche. So, um, untenable, unpalatable, and not easily worked with or integrated right and so you can see it in the collective which we don't need to get into at the moment but um human beings have both dark and light that's what we know so yeah the shadow is is that
0: nasty stuff and as part of it just recognizing it that it's there like that or it's like what do you what's like the ultimate goal of what you do with the shadow that's the thing that I also don't get it's to
1: bring it into conscious awareness so that it isn't sublimated secretly in all of your relationships because the things about Mm. the unconscious is that it will come out and Mm -hmm. it'll come out in everything that you do Mm -hmm. in all of your um with all of your best best efforts right and so if we think about really common example is maybe like um, pedophilia and priesthood right so we have these Mm -hmm. conflicting ego identities Mm -hmm. that are steeped in righteousness and purity and and then we have the opposite of that so that's a way that the unacknowledgement of like some deeply challenging parts of being human or or urges or desires or whatever that isn't dealt with comes out in through action and through um expression in in real physical space that is harmful in real physical
0: space that forever changes another person and and oh my gosh yeah yeah so bringing it's just making it conscious so you can be aware of it so you can deal with it before you do the things.
1: Absolutely. So we're working with people's psyches, decolonizing people's psyches, doing anti-racist work, unpacking indoctrination of colonial millennia.s is is all part of that because you're getting to what are these things that are driving me that I'm not aware of, and how do I other others, and how do I how do I enact harm essentially without even realizing it, and so um, it's not fun. No, (laughs) but it's it's, that's the the real shit. So
0: that is the uh, real shit. Well, and I mean, there's probably because obviously, you know, to folks who are listening, you know, there's probably folks who are just like, oh my gosh, I would never, you know, dream of like, you know, hurting my own child or hurting another child in such, you know, profound and twisted and evil fucking ways. And also, there's all the other stuff that it's like, that might be the far end of, of that. And at the same time, like there's all kinds of ways that there's, we all have our stuff. We all have our stuff in our, yep. No wonder nobody wants to talk about what this really is because that doesn't, that doesn't make very good social media content.
1: No, it's much easier to say like, Oh, and your inner bad bitch is my favorite. <sighs> um, You know, like, oh, dark shadow work is like just wearing black and being sexy, or there's, there's a lot of sort of iterations of how it shows up uh, on TikTok and Instagram. But it is, I think the sentiment is positive that it is important to look. And the people that I work with, and myself included, who have been doing this work for a long time, um, intra psychically, is there's, that it's relieving that it's actually can feel relieving to, to name and notice and have these parts of us become known and then, Mm -hmm. um, try to work with them and not against them. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's the real stuff right there. Y'all you heard it here. That is that's okay. So now I have a, I have a much better, a better idea of what shadow work is and how do you not just like I mean, do you like maybe yell into the void, like off of your phone when you see like really stupid stuff that's like not, cause it's not, <laughs> this is the type of work we all should be doing when we're ready. I mean, I would say like, this yeah, is the yeah. one thing that, you know, from knowing about like, uh, you know, working with survivors for so damn long yeah. is, you know, you have to be in that good headspace before you're ready to like, you know, confront your, your trauma. You can't be in active crisis or be like in survival mode if you wanted to do good healing work. But I don't know. Do you just, do you just scream into the void when you see this really vapid stuff out there or does, does it just not bother you?
1: I sort of roll my eyes and then I check in with myself like, Oh, what part of this is my, this my, ch- yeah. my own shadow. <laughs> <laughs> like what's my shit around this? Like, Oh, you know, what, what, whatever, whatever's coming up with me. Oh, my infographics aren't as good. No, I'm just
0: kidding. Um, mm. What are some of the things that people should be ready for if they want to do real shadow work?
1: A fuck ton of ego work. So e- ego stabilization, um and integration part some parts work can be helpful. Particularly I I like to work through the framework of Jungian psychology that is also influenced by other things. But I really think that there are a multiplicity of subpersonalities that exist within all of us. So really getting to know our inner pantheon is mm-hmm. um, a part of doing deep inner work, like know thyself, right? That's the first thing you want to do, period. So really doing a fuck ton of ego work, getting to know yourself, getting to know your values, Who am I? What what do I want? What drives me? How how am I motivated? How do I show up in relationship? Just doing all of that kind of preliminary work so that when you get to some of this uh, deeper or more challenging stuff, you're able to receive feedback, right? Like doing shadow work with my therapist makes me want to vomit, makes me want to get up and run away. You know, I still have my own responses to some of the stuff that comes up in In my own psyche right and I've been doing this for a very long time and I don't expect that to stop Mm -hmm. at any point right because at any time that we're moving stuff up out of the shadow there's going to be more stuff moving into it so it's sort of a lifelong journey of embracing but I will also bring this in because I think it's important there are treasures as well there is the golden shadow which are those deeply rejected and neglected like wonderful parts of who we are And so um, that can also come up and come through, like, how absolutely worthy and deserving and fabulous and bright and shiny and all of those qualities that maybe were so uh, ego alien or ego dystonic that they were rejected, like, absolutely not never, you know. Um, Yeah. So there can be. A silver lining or a gold lining in that as well yeah. it's not just all the nitty-gritty stuff but either way you have to be able to tolerate it your nervous system has to be able to tolerate it and some people cannot tolerate feeling worthy and some people cannot toler- tolerate the fact that they have wanted to harm someone else or themselves mm-hmm. um, so you have to be really you have to have that solid foundation and that's what we work on a lot in therapy
0: yeah. Sounds, a lot of, a lot of like preliminary work. You don't just jump in. You don't no. just jump into this. Yeah. Okay. I have so many more questions and thoughts and like, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it there because I can already tell myself, like, I saw this one thing that just seems like it's a really bad idea in context of all of this. And I don't want to, I don't want to go there. Cause um, you know, everybody has their own opinions. And anyway, everyone has their own way of doing stuff, but your way seems more legit and hard and also very valuable if you're ready. for it. Yeah.
1: And one thing I will say about that is, yeah, you know, I think the sentiment, right? Like I said earlier is a positive one. People are trying to bring the unconscious into consciousness and you're never going to get that same mirroring effect through a workbook you got on Amazon as you will in a, in a living, breathing relationship, whether that's with a spouse, a best friend, a a lover, a therapist, your tarot reader, you know, we as humans are mirrors. And so we're going to see what you can't see. And I think that that's an important piece as well, being in relationship with another person who can kind of reflect that back to you. Like, hey, are you seeing this? Because I'm seeing this. And a lot of people get really defensive and are not able to receive feedback. And so that's why we do the ego work to be able to soften and be like, whoa,
0: that's what you're seeing. Let's let's fucking dig it. And let's talk about it into that. Yeah. You know, and there is having that feedback is also one of the things that I think can help you to almost. I don't know. I mean, I think that most of us have had the experience of trying to work something, real, work through something really, really big on our own. And it's like, you're just in this kind of like this spiral. It's like you're in the eye of a tornado and you, sometimes we just really need somebody to just, yeah, kind of reach it, reach a hand down and kind of pull us up because it's hard to, it's hard to get your way out on your own. Oh my gosh. I have so many questions and thoughts, but okay two, because i know we have to get we have to wrap up soon but where i'd love to leave things are number 1 do you have any because you're t- you are only one person and f- for now you know i don't know you know maybe now cloning probably would not that that would lead to bad results but or, but if in the absence of like there being many many of you who can see all the people and take all the clients do you have any advice for people who are like questions that maybe folks could ask if they're looking for a therapist that is like open to magical thinking, magical people. Do you have any suggestions for finding a therapist that might be open to folks like us? Yeah. I mean, I think first of all, asking
1: is a great idea. Be direct, especially like the therapeutic relationship is your space and service to you. You have a right to ask as many questions as you want. And be with a practitioner that suits your needs. Um, if you go on Psychology Today and you look, you can check boxes through filters for different types of psychotherapy and different techniques. And one of them is Jungian. So that one can mm-hmm. be helpful for some people. I think looking for those kind of buzzwords in people's profiles, like, you know, some people are like yoga, Reiki, holistic um depth dream work you know you're looking for sort of these like alt cult you know cultural little signifiers that kind of signal to you like this person might be open to what I'm experiencing right my profile it's really straightforward it really is (laughs) it's like hello do you have a wellspring of cultural (laughs) magic that you would like to uncover you know and through your unique path and tradition and uh conjunction with psychotherapy, right? Um, I'm a witch. It doesn't
0: say that, but if- Magical psychotherapy comes pretty damn close though. So <laughs> <laughs> I think you've got it pretty well covered, but all right. So kind of look for those buzzwords that might be kind of the overarching umbrella until there is maybe that, uh, that checkbox box on psychology today. That's I uh, I don't know, Magical psychotherapy. Magical psychotherapy. Psychotherapy. That'll be the next. uh, That'll be the next checkbox that you can find right next to the where you can click for Christian psychologists. That'll be there. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I love that. Is really that's really really helpful because I would not. I lucked out that when I really wanted to be able to talk with a therapist about, particularly just the level of like vicarious trauma that I realized I was carrying around from twenty years of like, you know, victim and survivor advocacy. I was just really lucky because I happened to talk to somebody that was like, Hey, I have a therapist who believes in abilities and also works with first and secondary responders. And I was like, there's my unicorn <laughs> right there. And, and she really was, uh, she really has been a unicorn for me. Um, so yeah, that's so, that's so freaking clever. So my last question, and I thought, think I thought this might be a fun thing to leave folks with if you're up uh, for it what might be one thing that people can start doing to help them um, remember their dreams better or uh, play with the idea of like the symbolism that's in their dreams? Is there like any tips that you could offer folks for the road before they get your book?
1: Yeah, I think what you shared at the beginning of our conversation, as soon as you wake up in the morning saying, where was I just now? Instead of saying, what did I dream or writing it off? really using your memory to go back in time and just let things emerge. And even if you get an inkling, a texture, a color, just gently pull it into focus, sort of like you would with a psychic experience, right? You're you're being sort of like out of focus, gentle, coaxing the image to come through, um, and then documenting it and in, in whatever way feels natural or organic for you, that could be a scribble on a piece of paper. That could be like a voice note that could be um, Googling Google search images um, like, oh, there was a castle. I'm going to search castles. Even that can be a simple offering to your dream space. Um, and then I do offer on Saturdays, I do a fun little thing called symbol Saturn's day on my Instagram where you can, it's like $10 a month and you can drop a little dream symbol, and I'll write you a little response. Um, so that's sort of a fun offering that I give. Um, but there are many, many other books on symbolism. I just tend to stay away from most of them, because I feel that they can just be rigid, and then people mm-hmm. can take them too lit- literally. Uh, but yeah, I really hope that you all engage with your dreams in whatever way and capacity that you have and discover your own inner, deep, unconscious
0: magic. Yay, that is a perfect place to leave things. So I will make sure that you all have Naomi's website, which is magicalpsychotherapy.com, correct? And uh, Naomi, you can find them at on Instagram at Psyches Dream Witch, but I'll have that linked in the show notes as well as the link to buy Naomi's book. Oh, and if you happen to be in the Denver metro area, there's something that's going on on November 11th, correct?
1: Yeah, at 1 p.m. I will be doing an interactive workshop called The Art of Dreaming 101, where we'll go through a lot of the material that's in the book and have a great time creating art from our dreams in community. So if you are available this weekend, um, please join me for that. It'll be super fun.
0: And that'll be at Ritual Craft, correct? Yep. Awesome. Well, I'll have the link to sign up for anybody who happens to be local, but. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me, Naomi. This was fun. This is, we haven't gotten to, usually we were just like two ships passing in the night whenever we'd see each other at work. And so it's, uh, I think the last time we saw each other, we stood shoulder to shoulder in jam packed uh, ritual craft during the blood milk show. (laughs) I don't know about you, but that was super overwhelming for me. I was amazed that I was even able to have half a conversation that night (laughs) with anybody. But, Well, thank you so much. And is there anything that you'd like to leave folks with other than that?
1: No, I just really appreciate you taking the time to sit with me today. And I have so much respect and love for you. So thank you. And I hope that this was useful and helpful and in service to the
0: highest of all beings. Thank you. you're, You're the best. And thank you. Hope everybody enjoyed listening. Thanks for listening to A Magical World. Let's keep in touch. The best way to keep up with me is by visiting my website, sterlingmoontarot.com. That's where you can book appointments, sign up for my classes, and get on my email list. If you'd like to support the podcast, join the Curiosity Coven at patreon.com backslash sterlingmoon. I'm also pretty active on the socials. You can find me on Instagram, threads, and YouTube at the underscore Sterling underscore moon on Facebook at Sterling Moon Tarot and on TikTok at Mediumship Mom. Until next time, I wish you well in finding ways to make the world a more magical place to be.